This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Hi, I'm Greg Watson and welcome to this week's show of Property Matters where we talk all things property. It's fantastic to have your company today and we're going to be talking a little bit about the Real Estate Institute monthly market report which just came out and some really interesting stuff relating specifically to Manawatu Wanganui but around the country as well. We're going to look at some pretty amazing properties that are for sale around the country, including one for the plane spotters, but we'll get to that soon, and a little bit of landlording news towards the end of this show as well. So let's rip into it. The Real Estate Institute of New Zealand has just released its monthly property report. The main headline was that the highest number of properties have been sold in New Zealand for 42 months, and really there has been quite a lift in the increase of properties sold. Uh, For example, here in Manawatu, Wanganui, a 37.3% increase in the number of properties sold when compared to this time last year. So uh, really that just indicates that the market is somewhat busier and that's a busier September for 14 years in our region. I like to look at the median house price year on year, that is comparing the house prices to, median house prices to a year ago. Nationally, up 14.7%, so that's up to 685,000 from just under 600. Then I'd like to look at uh, Auckland and separating that out. So Auckland, the median house price is 955,000, a 12.6% increase. And if you take New Zealand excluding Auckland, the median is 585, up from 500, which is a 17% increase year on year. So house prices for those who own them, they are going up very nicely and equity is building, which means if you're a homeowner you could potentially use that equity to lend against, to buy again, to go on a world trip once COVID's finished or renovations for the house or so forth because the other thing that we'll talk about a bit later in the show is how low interest rates are and how low they're going to go and don't make sure you stay tuned for that, it's some pretty interesting stuff. So nine of the regions hit record median prices in September and one of those was ours, Manawatu Wanganui, 16.6% increase compared to September of last year and Wanganui District had a record median house price of 400000 So uh, other areas that have been having some pretty big increases, Taranaki, median house price up 21.3, Gisborne an incredible 458 That does depend a little bit on the volume of properties sold as to how accurate uh, this is in terms of representation. But nevertheless, uh, Otago performing well at over 20% increase um, over the some of the standout performers really. Mindy Norwell said about the Manawatu Wanganui region uh, the following comments. She said that they received a record high median sales price in September of of 2020 to 463,000, up 16.6%. The days to sell were the lowest for a month of September since records began, sitting at 23 days. Faster sales generally means higher prices, and that's why they tend to record that. New listings decreased in September compared to the same time of last year, but she she says that multiple offers made on properties have continued to exceed vendors' expectations. 
Attendance at open homes has increased around 10% compared to just one month earlier, where upwards of 20 properties, uh, so big of fun, 20 parties may be showing up at an open home. And the highest levels of interest have been shown in our region for properties in the sub $500,000 category, largely driven by first home buyers. She says interest from out-of-town buyers has increased, putting further pressure on stock levels. And in her view, as the months continue to get warmer, we may expect these high levels of activity to continue right through until the end of the year. Certainly things didn't slow down uh, during or before the election, particularly before the election, which is normally what happens. So let's break it down a little bit in terms of what's happening near you if you're in the Manawatu Wanganui. So Horofanua, uh, district up 18.4%, median price now 450. Manawatu district up 7.7% at 475. Palmerston North flying along compared to September last year. Uh, the median sales price for September 2020, 575,000. That's up 24.6%, quite remarkable. Not as remarkable though as Rangatike district, uh, up 26.3% to 360. Or Ruapehu district up 30% to with uh, with regards to their median house price going to 290. And as I mentioned earlier, Wanganui district up from uh, up to 400,000 median house price, which is a 20% increase. So things really on the move. Uh, many of us know that who are looking to buy. Getting over that initial hurdle of the deposit can be really hard for first home buyers, of course, and I'm sure many people are experiencing that. And it does become hard when the goalposts, in other words, the house prices, get moved and moved in the dramatic fashion that they have been. You may remember some years ago, Auckland was in a scenario where people could not simply save deposits fast enough to keep up with the market, and given the stats that I've just read out, uh, one would assume that that is starting to happen in this region also. So let's look at the home loan rates. This article from stuff.co.nz under the business says, home loan rates slip below 2% for some borrowers. So once you've got over that hurdle, the actual repayments in many cases, for example, if you are going from renting to owning a house, you'd be paying less in mortgage than you would uh, with regards to rent in many cases. So Heartland Bank came out and said they're offering a one-year fixed term rate of 1.99%. And by comparison, the four big banks are offering one-year's rates at 2.55%. Now these are significant changings if you're due to refix a mortgage. And um, certainly, you know, that's a lot of, uh, the, the percentages sound small, but something like the difference between a 2.55% rate and a 1.99% rate, depending on the size of the mortgage, I mean, it could be 50 60 or $80 a week that you're better off, depending on when you last uh, also, compared to the rates that you may have already fixed that are higher, some really big changes there. So look into that. I'm not saying to go with one or the other, but it's interesting to see that Heartland has come in at 1.99, and will the other banks follow? Well, it's possible that they'll hold off until a funding for a lending package is announced by the Reserve Bank, which we are expecting in November. Here's something from Palmerston North, this article and stuff says... Weed garden, in inverted commas, weed garden to be converted into housing complex. So the prospect of a neglected Palmerston North Reserve being used for housing has inched forward. 
A less than unanimous City Council Planning and Strategy Committee is recommending a start to the legal process to remove the former bowling club's lands reserve status. So about 60 of the 80 people who made submissions about the future use of the land on the corner of Park Road and Fitzherbert have wanted it developed for community or recreational use. But Mayor Grant Smith urged councillors to support the process that would enable the land to be developed for much needed housing in the city. He says the city, the region, the country has a really dire housing supply issue and at present the land is only growing weeds. Smith said he understood the city's environmental groups were protective of green spaces. But the Huia Street block was virtually surrounded by about 50 acres of green space at Ongli and Manawaroa Parks, excuse the pronunciation, Victoria Esplanade and the smaller Awatea Reserve and Julia Wallace Park. So the Council Acting General Manager for Strategy and Planning, David Murphy, has said the Council has clear goals about improving the supply of housing in the city. And so it just needs to make some slight, slight legal uh, changes with regards, uh, the article goes on to say, but they're wanting that to, to move into uh, or to move onwards and make some housing there as well. Uh, council has, of course, been putting a lot of uh, smaller properties onto sections of land in recent times, which is really good in terms of helping to alleviate some of that housing issue and the difficulty in getting um, housing now those of you who have listened to the show for a little while here at Property Matters would know that there's a lot of companies and businesses and organisations that are moving into this area, moving into the Manawatu Wanganui area and a lot of funding and this article while it's not directly housing related is indirectly housing related in terms of attracting people more people to the area. So this article from Stuff in the National News and Education says funding allows the research centre Riddit Institute to probe the future of food. So the Manawatu Food Research Organisation, the Riddit Institute, has received $38 million in funding that will allow it to continue working on the future of food. The Riddit Institute at Massey University has been reselected as a National Centre of Research Excellence by the Tertiary Education Commission and awarded $38.25 million for the next seven and a half years. So it was one of 10 university research programmes chosen to share in $373.5 million of long-term funding. So it's great for the region because then you're bringing in people who are highly educated, moving them in or keeping people in the area and that means more, more demand potentially, more roles, more job available and that's uh, just one of many, many positive stories that are happening in this region, so good to hear. So just going back to the market uh, more on a national level, this article from Stuff Lifestyle says competition fierce in New Zealand's hot housing market, September prices and sales soar. So I won't go back through the uh, necessarily the figures that were spoken about earlier, however there was a couple of things in this article that do relate to why the market is still busy. So one thing they mentioned is that the Reserve Bank removed the loan-to-value ratio restrictions in April during the Level 4 coronavirus lockdown. And the restrictions which had been imposed, believe it or not, since October 2013 in a bid to slow down inflating house prices meant not that 10, not more than 10% of banks' new mortgages by value could be to people with deposits of less than 20%. So that's been removed and the housing market has defied predictions of a post-lockdown slowdown and economists have been revising their forecasts of a correction in house prices next year. 
Kiwi Bank economist Jeremy Kuchman said the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand data suggested a return of New Zealand's gravity-defying housing market unshackled from LVR restrictions and buoyed by record low mortgage rates. So all of this is part of a much bigger picture of trying to make sure that the economy is strong and that's something that's really important for the government uh, to be able to uh, keep things going along well and housing is a way of doing that. Right, so let's look at some of these interesting properties. Uh, For those of you who are plane spotters, I saw this one. This is advertised on the Tommy's Wellington website. Um, So if you go to Tommy's, you can have a look at that. I just want to find, you can probably hear me rustling through all my papers here. Here it is. And this it actually appeared in an article on stuff in the lifestyle section. It's got pictures, which I would suggest that you have a look at or go to the listing on Tommy's website. Uh, It's being sold by Billy Bell, uh, if you needed to look them up. This is... Wellington's old air traffic control tower has gone up for sale. I kid you not. This is the actual air traffic control tower that served Wellington Airport for all those years. So it's at 36 Tirangi Road, and it's pretty much got everything you might want in a property. It's close to the airport, has amazing views and a fascinating history, but it is actually uh, the shape of the classic air traffic control tower. So between um, 1959 until 2018, this tower was used uh, for controlling and safely controlling planes into Wellington Airport. Now into Airways New Zealand staff is the grand old lady of Wellington. Uh, the, t- the, fu- the tower's future was uncertain. Some work will need to be required to make it habitable, including earthquake strengthening and removing asbestos. Most of the floor plan is pretty cramped and there is actually pictures of the floor plan on the Tommy's site and it's cool because you get to go in there and have a look and try and figure out, oh, what would I do there? Where would I put my lounge? Where would I put the kitchen? Um, and it's a, Tommy's real estate agent Billy Bell and Jess Platt said it was the most unique property they'd ever listed. They said, we've had unusual looking houses but anything quite like nothing ever quite like this so it's quite exciting to be involved. Uh, what can I say about it? It's basically a, a blank canvas. It's on a site of 940 square metres and it's split over two titles. Uh, it's only 10 minutes walk to Lyle Bay. And what I quite liked about it is, of course, up on the upper floor, you've got all the views out over the airport, etc. So, so have a look. Uh, the floor area is 290 square metres. It's probably not that practical. If you did like stair climbing, if you're into your fitness, then this actually could be a house for you. I don't think it's got an elevator though, so access up to the fifth floor could be a little tricky. So we're going to have a little bit of a break now for some music. I've gone a little bit old school here. Let's have a bit of Bruce Springsteen here on Property Matters, Born to Run.
And you're back here on Property Matters. I'm Greg Watson. Lovely having your company. Uh, you're listening to Property Matters on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, Te Reo, Irirangi o Ngā Tangata, o Manawatu. So I was looking the other day, I went for a drive out. I was out uh, by James Line and, and uh, I was actually going to the cemetery there and I noticed that there's been a lot of housing built out that way and in fact um, housing sort of creeping in, in and around the cemetery as it inevitably continues its crawl towards Ashurst. And then I found this article on Stuff Lifestyle which was interesting, it's called The Pros and Cons of Buying a House Next Door to a Cemetery. So if you're looking at a house out that way, uh, let's have a look at this. So 50 years ago, Buying a property with an overlook of tombstones, according to the article, might have saved the buyers a decent amount of money. But now real estate agents say it barely registers on their list of concerns. School zones, commute times, the potential for future developments are all more pressing considerations than the presence of the supernatural. There's often cemeteries are located in popular inner city suburbs and the maintained green space can even push the price of surrounding property to a premium. Now there's been two empirical studies, one conducted by the appraisal journal in the US and one conducted by the Australian National University and they found no significant price effect on properties due to nearby cemeteries overall, although there were some case-by-case exceptions. So data supplied by homes.co.nz indicates the median house price on streets next to or facing cemeteries in New Zealand tends to be only slightly cheaper than the median house price of the suburb, apart from Wellington and Auckland. So quite interesting. Um, in this article, it goes on to say that living next to an Urupa in Whakatiwai doesn't bother poor herd in the slightest. It's pretty to look out onto, the 60-year-old said. His family keeps a bucket of water on their fence and they wash their hands to respect traditional custom before crossing onto the property. It's quite funny, you do get people saying, oh my God, you live next to a cemetery, how do you cope? Well, pretty easily, I'd rather live next to a cemetery than noisy neighbours or a school. So I suppose he's got a, a pretty good, uh, um, <laughs> I mean he's in the best place to, to know that, and a pretty good point. So interesting, so I just thought, well, I saw that article there and I thought I'd share that with you, um, that... Uh, Probably not everybody's cup of tea, so to speak, but then again, it doesn't seem to affect house prices. So talking about unusual properties, as we have a little in today's show, a Rotorua boat shed, and the boat shed's in inverted uh, commas, named New Zealand's Best Batch. So just recently, a spruced-up Rotorua boat shed with views across across the lake to Mount Tarawera has been named New Zealand's Batch of the Year. Now, what do you call this a batch? I'm not sure. It says the four-bedroom home, which sleeps up to 11, beat more than 4,000 other properties across the country to win the gold medal in Booker Batch's annual Batch of the Year awards. Interesting. I wonder if it's actually on Booker Batch. It would be quite nice to, to go and have a look because it's described as having an open-plan granite kitchen, cheek, contemporary decor, a playroom kitted out with a 60-inch TV with Sky and PlayStation 4, and a spa overlooking Lake Tarawera. And it says the boat shed is a far cry from the traditional batch in Whangarei Heads, um, similar to the one that claimed last year's title. Unlike in previous years, when members of the public voted for their favourite batch, this year's winners were selected based on times they had been booked in the year up to August 15th, 2020, along with guest reviews and star and cleanliness ratings, I see. So, because uh, the travel expert from Booker Batch 
Simone Scopper said the competition had been a bit of a popularity contest in the past, whereas this year's winner reflects the views of travellers who have actually stayed in these holiday homes and love them. So how much would this lakefront boat shed cost you? Around $675 a night. So it certainly exceeds the average of $250 a night on their website. But then again, uh, if you had a few friends and you could chip in and uh, enjoy that, it really does sound lovely indeed. And this next article from stuff.co.nz is about a Picton townhouse with a difference. And this is worth having a look at the picture. The article was uh, published on the 12th of October 2020. And and it looks like, how would I describe this? A cube. I think a cube is a good way to describe it, but taller than a cube. But uh, it says, open the trapdoor from the roof of this townhouse, pull down the set of ladder stairs and clamber through the hatch and find yourself on a quaint rooftop terrace with postcard views of Picton Harbour. And that's why it's good to look at the pictures. David Stubb has taken a small parcel of land and made a whimsical home for people who feel like they're playing in a castle of their own. The two-bedroom townhouse has two street front entrances, one of which is a lofted bridge that leads to the upstairs living space. He says, I've been deflated looking at what people often end up building. We're the country that coined the term number eight wire. We're so clever and creative, but our houses are generic, said the 32-year-old designer. I think your house should be fun, something that brings you joy every day. So the ground floor comprises of two spacious bedrooms, a family bathroom, laundry storage, and additional storage under the stairs. Glass sliding doors on the master bedroom face out towards a private courtyard that's been planted out with natives and bark for a clean landscape. So the form was largely driven by the size constraints of the 430 square metre site. He said, I kept it within all the district rules and pulled it up as high as I could. And for example, the stud in the kitchen is 2.7 metres high. And that's going to auction on the 26th of October. He says, it won't be everyone's cup of tea, and that's fine. Uh, He liked the idea that the rooftop and bridge are a bit of a surprise. The house is simplistic, but it unravels. When you look at it from the back, you really don't know what's going on there. So that's something which um, I'll just see if I can see who's selling that. It's Tim Crawford selling that property in Picton. If you wanted to look up the actual listing, and I'm afraid I'm not sure where Tim Crawford works, but if you look up Tim Crawford in Picton, I'm sure you'll be able to find your way to that. Finally, a luxury award-winning Queenstown house if you're more in the market in the $8 million plus range. So a shortage of Queenstown properties in the ultra-high-end price bracket may explain the huge amount of early interest that's gone into this multi-award-winning house. Again, this is on Stuff Lifestyle section, worthy of looking at the pictures. So listed with multiple agencies over the last fortnight, it's called Cascata on Queenstown Hill. It's been a luxury rental, commanding as much as $11,000 a night, and currently on special at $4,500 a night. So if you thought the Rotorua batch was slightly out of your price range, this one probably is too. Hadley Van Schaik of New Zealand's Sotheby's International Realty says the firm has already had strong inquiries for the property and the price tag of $8 million plus is not putting anyone off. He says the busiest part of our market is the mid to high end and there is a shortage of houses in this bracket, he says, in the luxury sector. Uh, this property is the only one that owners can view in town at the moment. So it was actually designed by Gary Todd of Gary Todd Architecture and took out the TEDA New Zealand Architect Home of the Year Award in 2018. It has four levels, so the building looks like it's emerging from rock strata. So it's pretty impressive. It has see-through glass walls at the front and back, and 65% of 
the house is glass, which is triple glazed. So it's got some really interesting features, including a waterfall and pond and a rockery garden, and the water runs through the interior, and there are entry ponds and a second waterfall. Sounds very stunning indeed. That one you could view, Sotheby's International Realty, and listed by Hadley Van Shake. So if you felt so inclined to look at some of those, we've had, had everything from an aircraft control tower today through to New Zealand's top batch, through to luxury Queenstown accommodation and a rather cube-like looking but interesting home in Picton. Always lots happening in real estate, never quite enough time to go through it all here on Property, Managers, Property Matters podcast. It's been lovely having your company wherever you listen to this, whether it's on npr.nz or wherever good blog posts are found. Thanks for your company and see you next week. NPR wants to hear from you, the listener. How can we improve your experience? What are we doing well? What can we do better? Head to npr.nz and click on the listener survey button to be taken to a short series of questions that will help us do better. You'll also go in the draw to win a $50 Cafe Royale voucher. That's npr.nz or find the link on our Facebook page.